Welcome to That's What She Pled with attorneys Christina Goldberg and Julie Lurson from Lurson Goldberg LLC, law powered by women. It's time to shake up the old standards of law and of business. Join these two witty, intelligent, and sassy female business owners who are taking their industry by storm, challenging stereotypes, and shattering ceilings. These two are on a mission to educate, empower, and support not only their own clients, but other powerhouse female entrepreneurs. Come for a laugh and stay for the vibe as Julie and Christina hold nothing back and share the truth of what it is to be female attorneys and business owners through discussion of current events, original stories, and inspiring guests. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the That's What She Pled podcast. We are back with, I think, what what, what we think is a pretty fun episode, trying to figure out something that would be entertaining, but also a little bit educational. My voice may sound a little funny or nasally. I have been just really, really, really sick. So we're actually a little bit late recording a new episode for everybody, but here we are. So I'm actually going to give this one to Julie to kick off. I feel like a real life podcaster. We've got pages and pages of notes in front of us today. So we're doing this thing. (laughs) But it's all extemporaneous too. So anyway, hello everybody. (laughs) This is Julie Larson. And yes, it's December. And so that means there's lots going on this month. And we've got a little ode to the holidays with our twist, our special twist. We're going to be setting the record. There's a pun in there. Um, Straight. We have picked the top eight songs, holiday songs and carols that are frequently mistaken in terms of their meaning and purpose. And we're going to enlighten everyone. I guess I'll kick things off. May as well get started. Yeah. Um, and we chose oh, just, eight. you know what we should say, copyright laws. This is a low budget operation, so we can't actually play the songs for you. But I heard that Julie said she might sing a little bit. So you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> promises, promises. <laughs> and we picked eight because, of course, the eight days of Hanukkah happened this month. So anyway, the first classic is Up on the Rooftop. And, um, well, let me just start by, you know, letting you all hear my singing voice. I was in the chorus, like in grade school. So you've been forewarned. Oh, I get to clap after. Up on the rooftop, reindeer's paws, out jumps good old Santa Claus. I think that's probably enough. (laughs) That was very well done. I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. So you may think this is just, you know, a story about how Santa comes to visit your house. And I'm here to tell you. You're wrong. As you know, we're in Florida. We get a lot of hurricanes here. Unfortunately, we're hit by a couple big ones this year. And so what you may not understand is that this is really a song about property damage claims involving your roof. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Santa's up there destroying things as he tries to get his pudgy self down the chimney. And so it's important that you let us you know, a a thing or two about how property damage claims and roof claims work here in Florida. As many people may understand, homeowners insurance companies are leaving the state of Florida because it's too expensive to do business here and our premiums are hitting the roof. (laughs) The state legislature has enacted some significant changes in terms of what you get when you pay your homeowners insurance premium. For example, 
if your roof is over 15 years old, while they can't refuse to reinsure you, they can stick you with having to hire an inspector to do an inspection of your roof to prove to them that there are at least five more useful years of life in your roof before they will agree to insure you or reinsure you. So what that means is as Santa's approach arrives soon, if you have an old roof, be careful, be careful Mm -hmm. because, you know, you may be stuck with having to replace your roof in order to maintain insurance. Um, Along with that, they change the rules about whether insurance companies have to repair versus replace your roof. Um, Roofs that meet certain building code standards from 2007 allow the insurance companies now to just repair a roof that sustained more than 25% of damage. In the past, they would have had to replace your roof. Um, And this, again, is a cost-saving mechanism um, that seemingly benefits you until... Until it doesn't and until your tile is discontinued and they're wanting to use, they they can't find the discontinued tile, but they're arguing you about replacing your entire roof. And there are some restrictions on how old the tile that they can use can be. But I mean, the fact of the matter is you carry insurance for a reason and everybody thinks, okay, I carry insurance, it'll pay. Nope. Their job is not to pay. Their job is not to pay. So count on it. And they're looking for ways to limit how much they have to pay. So, you know, the the age of your roof, the, the amount of damage to a roof that's seemingly to building code standards. Um, they've also are offering an opportunity for you to pay separately or pay less money by securing a separate roof deductible. So, you know, in the short term, you may be saving money. In the long term, you might not. Mm-hmm. And I guess um, I'll just throw out a couple of other sort of, if you happen to be one of those people who unfortunately has some kind of roof claim, avoid the people that are knocking on your door. Um, Oftentimes it seems too good to be true what they're offering you. And that's pretty much because it is. They may not be properly licensed, insured, and that sort of thing. They may take off midway through. Um, You may run into problems getting the insurance to cover it. Um, You need to be paying attention, reporting your claim to your insurance company, documenting all the damages, and just following the rules in order to hopefully get a good roof over your head so that when Santa arrives, he's not going to fall through anything other than your chimney. Right. And, and then that, sue you. Yeah. And then sue you. <laughs> so anyway, more than you probably <clears throat> appreciated. But yep, that's what Up on the Rooftop is really all about. It's that's about really hurricane about. roof claims. That's right. That's right. So another bit of information we thought would be helpful, and I know I absolutely love doing this. A lot of people love doing this. It can be somewhat of a nuisance, but chestnuts roasting on an open fire. There's there's another uh, Christmas classic. This is really about arson. I mean, let's be real. This is it's open burn season. We've got backyard bonfires going on. So, you know, the song is talking. Of, I'm not singing. <laughs> oh, come on, no, I'm not doing it. Um, especially this one. It's a ballad. It's slow. It's not happening. Not with my voice right now. Maybe another time. Uh, but we've got chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, Yuletide carols being sung by a choir and folks dressed up like Eskimos. Sounds like Florida. It does sound just like Florida, especially, I mean, right now it's a, it's just chilly 79, 80 degrees out there. My sweater is lace. <laughs> so, um, so, 
you guessed it. The song is it's not a coin story about marshmallow roasting. So we need to talk about local burn laws. There are, of course, we're in Florida. I'm not going to talk about the state of Florida. We can talk about really where we are locally. So I, I thought I would break it down just a second for Manatee and Sarasota counties. As with anything, I think as a lawyer reads, we see loopholes. But generally speaking, here's what we have. We've got open burning allowed in Manatee County without a permit under certain circumstances. So you can do an open burn, a barbecue grill. The grate has to remain (laughs) on it and you have to be cooking food for human consumption. So watch out for, for, I don't know, random. You can't throw a steak on the grill for your dog. It specifies for human consumption. So I, I don't know. It also says that the grate has to remain on the grill over the fire, which I thought was very funny. So when you've got the random inspectors running around your neighborhood on, on Christmas day, looking at your fires, you know, watch out. A campfire for outdoor non-commercial food preparation or on cold days for the warming of outdoor workers. That's allowed in Manatee County without a permit. Fires to abate a fire hazard may be allowed, but a hazard has to have been declared by the local fire department before doing that. Small recreational outdoor fire is allowed provided it is monitored and there is some sort of means of extinguishment nearby and only approved materials are burned, which I also thought was sort of interesting. I know we tend to, one of our favorite things to do, we used to live out in the country on a couple of acres. We used to find petrified trees that have been struck by lightning, Mm -hmm. any tree. And when it's struck by lightning, it petrifies whatever is inside it. It's good fire starter. Uh, We didn't know that at first and things got scary. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) And then finally in Manatee County, agricultural fires uh, and rural land clearing operations They are allowed, but those have to have a permit. So you actually have to have a burn authorization and you need to notify your local fire rescue. Burn laws in Sarasota. Sarasota is is a little less, well, they only allow a couple. So there are two types of open burns allowed in Sarasota County without prior authorization. One of them is a recreational fire. This is defined as a fire that is burned for pleasure, religious, ceremonial, cooking, or similar purposes. Seance really is what I'm hearing. It's a little scary. Um, Must be safely contained. The total fuel area must not exceed three feet in diameter by two feet in height. It must be 25 feet away from any structure if open or 10 feet if contained in a pit chiminea. Otherwise, a cooking fire. Again, an open fire burned for the sole purpose of cooking food for human consumption. It must be contained in a grill and it must have the grate over it. Fascinating. Hmm. All fires should be continuously supervised by a competent person at least 18 years of age or over. This is where I see loopholes. Competent, that's arguable. You never know. 18 does not mean competent. Burning of yard waste, household commercial trash is not permitted. I have an awful lot of people close to me who have larger tracts of land who like to do this, and it can get very frustrating. But that's that's about that. So when you're roasting your chestnuts on an open fire, just make sure that you've gotten prior approval or that you understand what you're doing here. You could get in trouble. Well, I'm going to transition. We're now actually recently added family law to what we're doing here at Larson Goldberg. It's, it's, it's very exciting. And we'll, we'll bring in Laura Howell, our, our latest attorney here and talk more about it. But you know, in the spirit of the season, I thought I'd share and help you all better understand what some Christmas songs out there really mean. 
And of course, the first one I, I must address is the ever popular Mariah Carey song, um, All I Want for Christmas is You. Contrary to, I guess, popular understanding, this is not a romantic holiday love song, people. It's not. Get this, with is it. some, this is serious. <laughs> I mean, let's listen to a couple lines. I, I'm not going to sing it because I'm Mariah not Carey. Mariah Carey. <laughs> but I just want you for my own more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. You, baby. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. This is a song about stalking. Mm-hmm. 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 So let's let's quickly recap what stalking is and how you can find yourself in hot water. This is serious stuff. If you're stalking your former girlfriend or your ex-husband or something like that, you can get yourself in some serious hot water. The victim of your attention may very likely go to court and file a civil matter against you seeking a restraining order. Anybody can do that who's been a victim of domestic violence, and that includes specifically stalking. They can get a temporary restraining order against you immediately. Typically within about 15 days, the matter will be heard by the court. Both sides can go in and tell the court what it needs to hear, and then the court can decide to impose a full restraining order against you for as long as is appropriate. And you can get yourself into some real serious hot water and face criminal charges if you violate that restraining order, that injunction against you. So the next time you hear Mariah Carey, and gosh, we hear her all the time on the airwaves, um, singing about all I want for Christmas is you. Now you will know. Now you will know. Forevermore. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. No sliding up in people's DMs. Don't. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Don't do it. That'll get you in trouble. If you got mm-hmm. a restraining order against you, don't be sending texts. Mm-hmm. No. I guess another segue, speaking of family law, involves that perennial old time classic, I'll be home for Christmas. I'm dreaming oh, tonight you? of a place I love even more than I usually do. And although I know it's a long road back, I promise you, I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. Not a dreamy song about home sweet home. It's actually a song about cheating, infidelity, people. (laughs) You know, maybe you're the cheater or maybe you're the cheatee, but it is in your dreams. Let's just tackle divorce real quick. Um, It used to be if you wanted to get a divorce, you actually had to like come up with a good reason, find fault with the other person. So not surprisingly, um, people accused their spouse of being a cheater. Sometimes that was true. Sometimes maybe not. But gone are those days. Florida, like every state, um, no longer requires fault to be established. In fact, it's it's just a straight up, hey, we don't get along anymore. And so we want to get a divorce. And fault is really immaterial, including the fact that maybe somebody's committed adultery. Um, Having said that, it can actually be pertinent in some divorce situations. For example, let's say your ex has a girlfriend and he decides he's going to shower her with all kinds of gifts and take her on trips and he's spending marital money Mm -hmm. to do that. 
then all of a sudden adultery can become a matter for the court's consideration. Likewise, if that cheating affects your kids and that sort of thing, it can impact potentially how much time you get with your kids. It can also potentially impact how much child support you pay because suddenly now you don't really have much time with your kids. So yeah, Yeah. that's what this song is about. And I guess one last fun fact about adultery is, although it's not the basis to sue somebody for divorce, it's actually still a crime in Florida. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Crazy. So, you know, the local state attorney, they get wind of the fact that you're living with somebody while you're still married. Yeah. You could could be in trouble. That's That's a second degree misdemeanor. Yeah, good use of um, resources to be prosecuting adultery. Anyway, I like it. Have we ruined the holidays for you? Yes. Is everybody feeling that? Yes. I'm feeling positive. I'm having fun with this personally. Well, as long as we're being serious and sober, Christy, why don't you take the next one? Excuse me. Yes, you. Thanks so much for listening to That's What She Pled. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at lawpoweredbywomen.com. And all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. Well, leave it to me. So we thought Blue Christmas. It's a, it's a fantastic holiday classic song. It's actually about death. So really, let's just, let's just put it out there. Really, it's about death, estate planning. Get your wills straight, people. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue just thinking about you. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me. You'll be doing all right with your Christmas of white, but I'll have a blue, 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 blue Christmas. It's about death. I mean, read into it. So as y'all know, we do, we have, we have Neil Lyons here, who's our estate planning attorney, and we adore him and everything he does and see the value, obviously, of, of what he does. So aside from a little plug that is, you know, it's a great holiday gift for somebody is getting them an estate package. It actually is. These are things that people don't want to talk about and they don't want to invest in and they don't want to do. But if you do it for them, that's a great thing. Aside from that, though, you know, we've talked about we had Melissa Wandal on the podcast. I think it was pretty recently. Grief is a journey. And just like we talked about that with her, she can attest to that. And understandably, the holidays are really, really tough times for those who've lost a a loved one. This song, though, very interestingly, it's an Elvis song. Everybody knows that Blue Christmas is an Elvis song. And that made us wonder, okay, what happened when when Elvis is untimely death? What happened when he passed? And I don't know how many people actually took any amount of time or interest in it, but we did. And it's, it's actually quite fascinating what happened when Elvis died. He actually died with about $5 million in his estate. He was a very cash poor estate and it was very mismanaged, mishandled. And there were a lot more debts on the estate than there were assets to cover them. And at a certain time, his daughter, Lisa Marie, took over as the executor of his estate and set up appropriate trusts. What's interesting is that Elvis himself had a had a bit of a spending problem and that was pretty pretty well documented. But he did set up a system whereby if something should happen to him, Lisa Marie would not become entitled to any of the money until she was 25, which is something that I've used in my estate planning documents. And listen, I have a, I have a son. I don't, I don't need to hand him money right now or 10 years from now. 
So he actually did do the right thing and 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 set the money aside for her until she was 25. Well, when Lisa Marie turned 25 and she was the executor, she actually did the right thing in theory with that money and put it all into a trust. Unfortunately, she put her trust into the wrong hands and named as trustee a man who squandered all of the money in this trust that at the time she had built back up to about a hundred million with visits to Graceland and and royalties and photos and all of that. And this man invested millions and millions in bankrupt companies and all sorts of things. So again, by 2019, there were more debts than there were assets in this particular estate. So all of these things, all of the warning signs, just to say, you know, you, you Make sure that you've got a plan in place to to protect. You've got the right people. You've got the right people. And the positions of responsibility and power. Exactly. Exactly. Because you can have all of the best intentions and even still. And and one of the things that we hear all of the time, and and I think divorce as well as estate planning are, you know, no, I have faith this person's going to do the right thing. Well, it's really interesting when push money comes gets to shove and when money gets involved, that person's not going to do the right thing. But yeah, thought that was a, just a really, really fascinating story about Elvis and Blue Christmas. So moving on, we have another classic, Jingle Bells. Everybody knows Jingle Bells. But does everybody know <laughs> that riding around in the back of a sleigh is super perilous? And, open sleigh, uh, Christy. Excuse me, open sleigh. Super perilous. And it's just a really, really bad idea unless you're wearing a helmet. So we thought that we would share some helmet laws with you guys, motorcycle and bicycle, because people don't know. People don't actually know what these laws require. First of all, I'm going to say, disclaimer, wear your helmet no matter what, whether the law requires you to or not. Make sure your your kids have their helmets on (laughs) or try not to use your head against the concrete when you hit it. Well, but yes, where's your your brain, right? Use your brain, not your head. So Florida statutes have very specifically, we have a statute. I'm happy to name it, but I don't think anybody is taking notes right now and and writing it down. So you can email me and, and, and learn the statute. But there's a Florida statute that deals with motorcycle and bicycle helmet law. And what that statute says, the law defaults to saying, yes, you must wear a helmet securely fastened to your head, as well as a protective eye device, unless you are on a motorcycle or a moped that cannot travel above 30 miles an hour. Anyone under 16, though, on a moped, motorcycle, any bicycle, anything, anything, anybody under 16 with zero exceptions has to wear a helmet. Hands down, no holds barred, don't pass go. If you are 21 or over, however, and you carry $10,000 in medical coverage on a motorcycle policy, guess what? You don't have to wear your helmet. This, I guess, is so that somebody gets paid when you get into a crash and your brains end up splattered all over the concrete. Yeah. We've got some money to pay the emergency personnel to clean that up, I guess. And don't be fooled into thinking that PIP insurance, which is a mandatory coverage with respect to automobiles, applies to motorcycles because motorcycles are defined differently than cars. Correct. And therefore it is not a mandatory coverage. You must ask for it. Yes, and if you don't a have separate it, motorcycle, motorcycle coverage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you but don't 10, have it, you have to wear bank. your helmet. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Well, yeah. That too. 
Aside from Helmet Law, I thought, again, we're talking about dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Um, very scary. I mean, we're laughing, but we're... All the is, way. terrifying, and you're bouncing around, so maybe we need a seatbelt, too. So just for kicks, the Florida seatbelt law. Florida law requires the use of safety belts for all drivers and passengers in all motorized vehicles, except a person certified by a physician as having a medical condition that causes seatbelt use to be inappropriate or dangerous. I thought that was fascinating. Interesting. I didn't actually know that. What medical um, condition might that be? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, a mail carrier. It's reasonable. Okay. Solid waste recyclable personnel. Well, yeah, they hang off the back of the truck. Uh, yep. Or a newspaper delivery service. They don't have to wear their seatbelts. Clearly, the statute was written before newspapers basically became obsolete. Exactly. Exactly. So the one horse open sleigh, that's not an exception. You got to, we got to get a seatbelt in there. So those are our motorcycle, bicycle, helmet law and Florida seatbelt laws. Y'all need to know about this. Mm -hmm. I can't think of what would make seatbelt use inappropriate or dangerous. They do say when you're pregnant that you've got to be very careful about where the Maybe belt. Maybe if you just had a C-section. Yeah. Well, that you got to be very careful about where the belt goes. I mean, I, the the like the window tint laws, which I can't quote right now, but there is a certain degree that your windows are allowed to be tinted to unless you have some medical condition that oh okay is damaging. Right. Uh, and my Quite my tintos are actually yeah my windows are actually tinted darker than is technically legal, but I have documentation that you do the Florida girl mm. is oh, impacted God. by sun. I do. It's okay. in my car. Anyway, okay. moving on. Um, okay, well, let's move on to a perennial favorite. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Grandma got run over by a reindeer walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a fun song, right? It's a silly song. It's actually a serious song. Mm -hmm. Animals are dangerous. So I want to talk about animal liability because that's really what this song is is meant to be about, people. Use your legal yeah. listening ears. Yeah. And this is a thing, animal liability. It's a thing. It is. Mm -hmm. Florida is, unlike some states where, for instance, dogs get one free bite, we are not. It's strictly, it, it doesn't matter. One bite, no bites, 10 bites. The owner is responsible. And the owner doesn't have to have been careless. There's, it's called strict liability. And you have a dog bite case if you get bitten by a dog. However, if you yourself were negligent, like let's say you just walked up and yanked the dog's tail and he or she bit you, then the owner gets credit for, for your carelessness. Okay. Right. So, you know, if a jury were to decide, yeah, we think that made you 60% responsible, the dog owner would get a 60% credit in terms of, you know, what he actually or she actually owed you. And Another, grandma here had been drinking too much eggnog. So maybe she oh, right, exactly. wasn't treating the animal very respectfully. Well, you know, grandma. <laughs> All that grandma. There's another sort of out for dog liability. And that is if you have posted on your property a song that warns people that you have a bad dog, bad dog. And... You escape all the liability, except for kids, kids who are six and under, I, maybe because they can't read. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're still going to be responsible. But the reality is, although Florida has really strict dog liability laws in place, in truth, 
the insurance industry, that those people have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And they basically have excluded coverage for dog bites. If not all dog bites, at least um, dogs of certain breeds, the sort of pit bull, Rottweiler type breeds are potentially specifically excluded if all dog bites aren't. I know when I got my homeowner's insurance, I have two cute little doodle dogs and I had to give all kinds of information about it. And I think I have coverage. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Mine excludes like random squirrels that might be running across my yard. Yeah. Any animal that could possibly be in, on, around my yard that belongs to me, doesn't belong to me. So what that means, me. mm-hmm. so what that means in practicality is, um, <clears throat> oftentimes you have to look to the dog owner in order to hope to recover, and you know that's sort of risky business. So just be yep. careful. Be careful about around reindeers. I um, mean, we don't <laughs> want you know we don't want to happen to you what happened to Grandma. Mm-hmm. And Christy's right. Mm-hmm. It didn't help that she was. She drank too much eggnog, which kind of leads, I guess, nicely to our eighth and final song for the season and what it truly means. So, Christy. Yes, it leads to our our closer. I think if there were one song that I would have loved to be able to actually put sound bits into, into our podcast, it's this one. Whether you're Jewish or not, you know this one, the Hanukkah song by the renowned poet and lyricist uh, Adam Sandler. So he probably really, wouldn't mind if we played his song. He bro- honestly, he probably wouldn't, but you know, I, t- we're just going yeah, to air on the side. side of we're Russia. just, yeah, we're just going to, we're going to do this the safe way. So, I mean, we all know Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. Tell your friend Veronica, it's time to celebrate Hanukkah. I hope I get a harmonica. Oh, this lovely, lovely Hanukkah. So drink your gin and tonica and smoke your marijuana. If you really, really want to have a happy, 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 happy Hanukkah. One of the funniest songs ever written. (laughs) And clearly, I think he, you know, wrote it under the influence of a gin and tonica and perhaps too much marijuana. Clearly. Clearly, um, I think that's what happened. But this is just so vividly a song about the dangers of partying, especially across these eight nights, uh, that I thought maybe it would make sense to give some DUI stats to round out this podcast. So just a couple of reminders here that driving under the influence does not just apply to alcohol. Mr. Sandler referenced marijuana. So <laughs> You can have your medical marijuana card. You can you can have your prescriptions, your medications. Just because you have that legally does not make it legal to drive under the influence. And this is it's fascinating to me that people get this very confused, that their defense to being pulled over as a DUI and being high on marijuana or whatever else is, well, I have a I have a medical marijuana card. No, 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 no. Think about um, it, people. You right. can drink when you're 21, but mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you can go out and drive super drunk. Correct. So just think about that. You cannot drive under the influence and under the influence means drugs too. Remember, of course, mixing drugs and alcohol uh, often multiplies their effects. And of course, driving under the influence of drugs and driving under the influence of alcohol, it's the penalties are the same. There is no difference at all under the law. 
For any DUI conviction, your driver's license will be revoked for a minimum of 180 days. If you refuse to take the required roadside test at the time of your arrest, your license will be automatically suspended for one year. Now, I know we do not, we do not practice criminal law. I know that nine times out of a t- out of ten, a criminal attorney is going to say, "Always refuse, always refuse." I have no opinion or input on the matter. I don't, we don't practice criminal law over here. I'm going to tell you don't drink and drive in the first place. Yep. But if you refuse, understand that your license will be suspended for a year. Fines for a DUI can range from $500 to $5,000 with mandatory DUI school education. Penalties can also include ignition interlock device, community service, probation, imprisonment. DUI convictions will remain on your record for 75 years. Those don't leave you. So rounding off the five most dangerous DUI holidays. So I bet you can guess some of them. One one or two of them actually did surprise me. New Year's Day, right around the corner here, a 116% higher than average DUI risk. So on the roads, gosh, be careful. I make it a habit. I am not out on the roads after midnight. I am where I'm going to be by midnight, by the time that ball drops. Uh, it's That's too scary. Independence Day is actually the second highest, 4th of July, 78% higher than average risk. And that's actually the most deadly weekend of the year. Thanksgiving fell at number three. That one actually did surprise me. Luckily, we are past that at this point. However, that's a 56% higher than average risk. Labor Day, again, another surprise to me, 54% higher than average risk and the second most deadly weekend. I guess by September, everybody's burnt out having gone back to school and work and kind of pushing hard and everybody wants that three-day weekend and boy, they use it. Uh, And the last one is Memorial Day. There's a 50% higher than average risk. So it was estimated, we'll see how this turns out for 2022, but the forecast for DUI fatalities in 2022 is forecasted at 10,360. So we'll we'll see where those numbers actually end up. But DUIs have continued to increase at a rate of 8% year over year for the past five years. It's getting worse. And one of one of the most important things to remember is 61% of drunk driving fatalities happen on the weekend. And this year we've got Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Eve, New Year's. Those are on weekends. So we are just compounded. But so that's just that. Not to be completely, there are Uber, Lyft, oftentimes on holidays like New Year's, AAA and other sort of auto safety mm-hmm. um, players out there offer help with rides home. So don't be shy. Mm -hmm. Um, And also keep in mind, you know, the cops know this, they're going to be out enforcing these laws probably more than ever. So, you know, like don't chance it for your sake or anybody else that you care about. Yeah. Leave the driving to someone else. Exactly. Doesn't mean you can't have a good time. Um, And listen to the Hanukkah song. It'll remind you. Yeah. Don't so drink there we have egg, it. eggnog. Right. Yay. I think we did good. That was, I think so, that was eight songs that we have successfully ruined for everyone. Right. And this was just a very cheery holiday spirity really kind of podcast. I think it started out better and then it kind of went downhill from there. We did set the record for people who remember those discs that we used to spin. Mm-hmm. We did set the record straight, which is we what did. lawyers do. We did. We make yeah. a record and we set it straight. Mm-hmm. Anyway, happy okay. holidays, everyone. Yes, absolutely. I wonder what we're going to do next. I don't even know. 
Anyway, so we are Julie and Christina. We are Law Powered by Women. You can find us at www.lawpoweredbywomen.com. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn, uh, individually and corporate. So we just, we love it for anybody who enjoys listening to us. Thank you. We love having you. If anybody has any requests, ideas, suggestions for show topics or, or people to have on, we're always open to that too. So we are here and available and uh, y'all have, have a, a happy great and safe holiday season. Yes. Yep. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to That's What She Pled podcast. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lurson Goldberg lawyers. The content has been made available for general informational and educational purposes only and may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. The content is not intended to be a substitute for legal advice from your individual attorney and the information provided does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice.